Hello, this is Tommy Strait. I'm Yasmin Parry, here with Will Ockenden in a pub this time. We're in the pokey room. We're here because you might have seen last week there was uh, a stoush, I suppose you'd say, when uh, the independent MP Andrew Wilkie tabled in Parliament's what he says, evidence about uh, pokey tampering in Crown Casino in Victoria and Melbourne. Yeah, there were a few whistleblowers who gave him evidence, they say, of Crown Casino not obeying regulations. Like things like filing down things so you can stick a card in one of these buttons, you know, so you don't actually have to push the button every time. Yeah, you could shove something in there so it'll just keep reeling over and over and over again without pressing anything. And there were other claims like uh, that Crown Casino turned a blind eye to things like domestic violence, that it wanted people to keep going so much so that they even crapped themselves at the pokies. So, I mean, that was what what he said. Crown released a statement to say that they thoroughly and completely denied these allegations, but we thought we'd come to the pokies and find out how they work. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if there are these claims that you can sort of tamper with the game and that there's odds and all that sort of thing, we want to know, like, how likely is it for you to win at the pokies? How do people get addicted to them? And how do they actually work? And how do they actually work? a warning here. This story includes sound effects and music from Pokey Machines. When Rilu was working for The Guardian, she helped produce this interactive story about electronic gaming machines, EGMs. Very snazzy. They're known in Australia as the Pokies. But lucky for us, Ree is now working for the ABC. Thanks very much for um, making time for us so quickly. That's all right. I'm in the same building, so... Yeah, it's good. <laughs> ...worked out. The interactive that Rhee and her team made is really cool. It basically lets you play a simulation of a poker machine, but as you play, it explains how the machine is designed to hook you in. We did raise the issue that we were worried about people getting addicted on our simulation, so at least, you know... It's fake money and it's you're not actually putting any real real dollars in there. In the old days, poker machines were called one-armed bandits. That's because you they had this big lever that you pulled down on the side of the machine and it started the, the physical reels rolling. But these days, it's like everything, it's all digital. It's become a lot more misleading now that everything has been digital and, and electronic because, yeah, back in the old days, you could see that the, the real, for example, would have eight different symbols and you know you'd have a one in eight chance of getting each of those symbols. Uh, but now it could be one in 16. There could be multiple of those symbols hidden as you as you spin the reel so that they can really play around with the different prob- probabilities. So it's, it's just not intuitive what, what you're going to get. You're sitting at the machine and it has five reels, each displaying three symbols on the screen. And each machine contains a random number generator, and it feels random. You push the button, and it gives you that noise. Like a galloping horse pushing forward. But the machine knows if you're going to win or lose as soon as you hit the button. Whoa! 90 cents. 90 cents. This could put me back on top. Do I gamble it? You got a much bigger response when you won 50 cents. There was literally money... Pouring That's true. Maybe across I the that. screen. Maybe I handled that badly. Oof. Let's uh, bet on black again. Try and double it. I bet on red, but sure, go for it. Oh. Yeah, go try and double it. 
The poke machines themselves are set up so obviously the, the house makes money and you lose money, um, but they make that process as confusing as possible so it, it almost feels like uh, you're, you're not losing. Um, a lot of the times the poke machines are, you bet, multi-lines, so um, you could win one line but you're not necessarily getting your money back. So even if you look, if it seems like you're winning, um, you're actually losing money over time. So I think that happened to me last night. I accidentally pushed the button. Um, I was up, believe it or not, and then I pushed <laughs> the button and then it ran, and I won a dollar fifty back. But I bet two dollars fifty, so that's a loss described right. as a win, isn't it? Because it make I thought I'd won, but yeah. I hadn't. Made a lot of noises yeah. like you'd won. Yeah, and they they add in as many distracting uh, sounds and colours and flashes as possible, so to to keep you uh, there as long as possible, so they get more money from you. <laughs> Oh, 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 yes! Oh! What does it mean? Ah, oh, 15 cents. Oh. Oh, hang on. Ooh. Someone who knows all about pokey machines is Charles Livingston. So you've got a ma- you've got a machine that you own yourself, I guess, in your house, or where do you keep no, it? No, no, it's in my office at Monash University. I have to keep it in secure premises. I had to get a permit from the regulator in Victoria to acquire it. And we had a donor who was generous enough to sponsor the purchase of it. You have to have a permit and it sounds like almost owning like a a gun. You have to get a permit to have a poker machine, yes. And in my case, the poker machine uh, not only had to be secured, which it is, but it also had to be disabled so that it couldn't accept money. Charles does research on how poker machines work. Poker laws differ from state to state, but all of them require that at least some of the bet is returned to the player. So it sounds like if it's programmed to return 85% of your money to you, you'd play 100 bucks and get back $15. But people regularly lose all of their money playing these machines. So Charles says the return to player, or RTP as it's known in the industry, is but only one example of so-called maths. I've seen on poker machines before a, a percentage figure that says, hey, you know, we'll pay out X percentage of all the money you put in. What is that? Like, when you look at that, it doesn't seem too bad, does it? Well, a little bit more complicated than that, although it's true that, I mean, on average, over the life cycle of the machine, it should return 85% of what is put through it. However, that includes people's winnings because most people retain the winnings that they get and most people don't get big winnings. They get modest ones uh, and they are recycled through the whole process as well. So that's the first point. The second point is that you actually have to invert that to get a clear understanding. So... 85% is what the machine is supposed to repay you as a minimum in Victoria. But what that actually means is that on average, the machine will take 15% of your bet. So if you go to a machine and you put in a dollar and you bet a dollar, then on average, the machine will take 15 cents off you each time you push the button. So it doesn't take long for your stake to be completely gone on that basis. Now, along the way, you'll get a few little wins, uh, but essentially you're on a downward trajectory until you run out of money. And that's why most people who use pokies leave with nothing. But you say also that it it counts the winning. So let's say you you put your dollar in, you're lucky, you get $10 a payout, and then that counts as the stake that you've put in Oh, yes, yes. So it's everything that goes through the machine. And you've got to remember that the cycle of a machine is very long. So the average life of a machine in Australia is around five years before it gets junked and uh, a new one put in its place. 
So over that cycle, it's possible the machine will never pay out its jackpot price, particularly if it's like my Dolphin Treasure, which has a 1 in 35.5 million chance of paying out that big price. So you see, the the, the odds are skewed by that, so that means that uh, you know a small number of very big prizes skews the result for everybody else so that their return to player over time is going to be less than that 85% or it can be. You know, there's a lot of ways in which the machine doesn't necessarily conform to that RTP. And in any event, uh, this is a theoretical construct. For example, the machines are approved on the basis that their game maths yield a theoretical return to player of 85% or more. That may never be achieved. I mean, the law of large numbers suggests that if you play the thing for long enough, it will be achieved. But it is, as I say, possible for a machine to sit on a floor for five years and never run through its entire repertoire of possible outcomes. And not only that, but the odds are bloody terrible. The highest prize on the game, which pays 9,000 credits, has odds of 1 in 35,640,000 to 1. So it's a terrible bet. I mean, it's worse odds than trying to win Tats Lotto. And if you do win it, the maximum jackpot you can get in Australian games is 10 $10,000. So it's a terrible bet. Or to put it another way, odds in Lotto, where you can win millions and millions of dollars in a jackpot, and where the ticket price is really only a few bucks, that's a better bet. Your odds of getting... Lotto all... is a better uh, bet. <laughs> yeah, because the odds of getting all the six little balls with your number on them is still, it's not great, but it's a little bit more than one in eight million. So bad odds and a low payout if you do strike lucky. Why play at all? I mean, we played and you did surprisingly well and I did terribly. I won $15 and you lost all of my money. <laughs> all of my all money. Of your money. It was your money. <laughs> at least you bought me a beer after. I did. And we did come out on top in the end. But you see, the point about this is, I mean, if you played poker machine in order to win money, then you're very deluded. And most people that I've spoken to appreciate after a fairly short period that they're not using the machine to win money. They're using the machine to get into what they call the zone. And this is a sort of psychological state of being where people are... I guess you could say euphoric. They feel soothed and relieved and comforted from the worries that they carry with them on a day-to-day basis. And this is why, you know, I mean, if, if, if people just used pokies as devices to earn money, I think the problem that they create would be much more manageable. The reality is that the machines actually are extremely good at providing this sort of dissociative state, which the gamblers call the zone, and which seems to provide them with the same sort of relief that a drug addict gets when they can get their drug. Woo! How much did you win? This sounds amazing. I won 50 cents. That's a winner. Telling people what the odds are is is unlikely to have a beneficial effect. I mean, what you've got to remember is poker machines use two well-known psychological principles to habituate people to their use and then eventually to addict them. The first one is classical conditioning, and that's where if you, for example, feed your dog and ring a bell at the same time, eventually the dog comes to associate being fed with the ringing of the bell and will salivate even if all you do is ring the bell. That's Pavlov's dog, is, is that right? Pavlov's dog, that's exactly right. So the second principle is operating conditioning. This is from B.F. Skinner's work in the 1950s and subsequently. And what Skinner and others discovered was that if you put an animal in a what's called a Skinner box where they are able to operate a lever or a button in order to 
get a reward. If you re provide that reward on an intermittent basis, that is an unpredictable intermittent basis, then uh, they are much more likely to sustain that behaviour until extinguishment. In other words, they will keep doing it until they drop. So if you give them a pellet every one or two pushes, they don't care. But if you give them one at unpredictable intervals, then they keep going. So when you anticipate a reward, you will you get a dopamine rush. So what happens is that this dopamine rush provides you with a euphoric sense of well-being, which you can't repeat pretty much anywhere else. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you about uh, just to go back to your dolphin treasure machine again, what specifically, like, could you describe that machine and what you've seen specifically that seems to draw people into it? What it does involve is if you get a particular symbol on the screen in a couple of lines, then dolphins will leap. And I've seen people patting the dolphins and, you know, loving their little fins and so on. Uh, you've got treasure chests that open if you get them in the right place. Uh, you've got always upbeat music. There, there's no reinforcement for a loss, of course, but if you get a little win, you will get the you know, upbeat music. It's always in a major chord and always on a rising crescendo. When you push the button, you get a little galloping sound. Gamblers have told me that merely hearing the tunes from a familiar machine is enough to make them want to get back in there and get stuck into it, even if they've been absent from the game for years because they realise how much harm it's done them. So you also, you, you see, you said you see people patting. Is that like touching the screen itself when the... Oh, yeah, no, people anthropomorphise these things quite strongly as they sort of treat them like they were another person. I mean, I've seen people late at night in a regional centre in, in Victoria hugging the machine. Um, and at one point there was some speculation that the best way to deal with gambling machine addiction would be to treat it as a romantic disturbance. A lot of women have told me that it was like having an affair, except it didn't involve sex. It just involved uh, the machine and the dopamine, which they often reported was better anyway. Thanks for listening to Tell Me Straight. If you like our show, please subscribe in iTunes or your favourite podcast app. My favourite podcast app is Overcast. It's great. It is really easy to use. I'm not plugging it. I'm just saying... You're plugging it a bit. But uh, yeah, I guess a little bit. It is better than the Apple one. And send us an email if you want us to answer a question for you. It's tellmestraight at abc.net.au. And just a final note on this episode, if you or someone you know have concerns about gambling, you can call the gambling hotline the number is 1-800-858-858.